going on, guys? My name is David Gibson. I am the host and founder of this podcast, SIDcast, a podcasting resource dedicated to telling these stories and sharing the experiences of the sports information and athletic communications profession. Uh, I haven't been home in two months, and as you're listening to this right now, I am home. I am in my parents' house, at least for the week, and then uh, I will return back to Evansville here shortly in a couple of days. Uh, and one thing I kind of want to get out of the way here, um, here in, I think, after next week, so in two weeks, we will not be having an episode, um, need to catch up on some schoolwork, I need to catch up on uh, just some work stuff that I, that I need to get done, uh, things of that nature, so if you don't see an episode in two Thursdays from now, it's because there isn't one, uh, I'm taking the week off, and then we'll be right back the very next week, so um, that's just to kind of recharge my batteries and make sure that all of these are, are quality, because um, I, I want that much over quantity, if that kind of makes sense. So uh, that's why I'm willing to kind of sacrifice a week to kind of get myself back together again, and then we will uh, go full steam ahead with it. But uh, anyway, let's see. What do we got here today? We have episode number 67. It will be Rainier Perez um, from ASA College. If you don't know, uh, if you have been with us actually since the beginning, you know, the episode six was Lamar Carter, and he was at ASA College in Brooklyn before he moved to Cal and back to LIU Brooklyn. But uh, ASA is kind of like a, a branch type of thing. They have these campuses just about, you know, on the East Coast. And I think Miami's the latest one. And the Silver Storm uh, are actually one of the only, actually is the only JUCO football program in the state of Florida. So Rainier will go with that uh, for a little bit. And uh, we did record this on his 30th birthday, so I, I really do appreciate him taking the time out of his day to kind of um, speak with us a little bit and uh, right before he went off to celebrate his birthday. So thank you, Rainier, for that. Um, anyway, guys, uh, if you haven't already done so, I encourage you to go over to iTunes or wherever you get your, your podcasts um, and, and rate and review this show. It helps us grow, helps us get on the leaderboard, helps more SIDs uh, find out about this show. Um, and we think that we have some pretty good content and pretty good things that you could learn from, um, as such as the things you're about to learn in this episode, maybe with Andy last week and soon Dusty next week. So um, be sure to do that. It only takes just a couple seconds, guys. It really doesn't take that long. Um, I've rated several podcasts that I listen to, Order of Man and Play by Playcast and Solid Verbal, uh, and it literally took me like a second or two just to give a five or a four or something like that. So if you could go ahead and do that, that'd be awesome. And if you haven't already, I encourage you to follow us on social media at sports infocast on Twitter and Facebook. And you can email me anytime sports at gmail.com. I will stop rambling on. I will let you get on to episode 67 of SID cast Rainier Perez of the ASA silver storm and his very first taste of sports information right here on SID cast. Uh, so I want to say out of high school, I attended Miami-Dade College, which is a two-year college down here, um, and the athletic director, uh, his name is Mr. Jim Cox, uh, he is, as of today, in, in charge of 100% of my employment, um, he was an athletic director at the time, 
and I was a, a student athletic trainer. I thought that I wanted to, to be an athletic trainer. I thought the sports medicine field was something that I wanted to do. Um, that's when I first met Mr. Cox. And then later on, I got into coaching in high school, and kind of just being in the, in the school system. I ran into Mr. Cox later on um, at, a, at a basketball camp at, at Barry University. And he had, you know, so pretty much Mr. Cox, I, I kind of skipped an important part. Aside from being the athletic director at Miami Dade College, uh, Mr. Cox was also in charge of the stat crew for the Miami Heat. And, you know, I always knew that he was there, kind of joked around with him about getting a job. And obviously that was, you know, something I was, I was back in 07, right after they had won their first championship. Um, so I ran into him, like I said, back uh, back at that Barry, Barry University basketball camp. And he had kind of just, um, you know, we were talking small talk and he brought up to me the fact that, you know, there might be an opening uh, with with, with the stat crew, with kind of running stats and, and so forth. And it didn't, I, I, it didn't take much longer for me to say, absolutely, count me in, when do I start? So I started, and that was uh, LeBron's second year with the Heat. Um, and then and then that's when I started, and then one thing led to another, networking, um, and, and I'm here at ASA now. Uh, so after that, you went to Florida International. I mean... Did you try and do any sort of athletic communication stuff with, at FIU? Actually, no. I went, once I once I graduated from Miami Dade College and went to FIU. I I then I, I really wanted to coach, um, you know, ever because I, I I played football as a as a high school athlete and I and I just always had uh, this calling to coach. So when I got into FIU, I did my my internship with with the with the, uh, the recruiting department there. Um, and I, I really kind of just once I once I finished with that, I I went back into teaching after I earned my uh, my, my undergrad degree in, in sports management. And and no, this this information gig really didn't start to be honest um, until I I started uh, writing for, for as a volunteer for a blog uh, which was called the State of the U, which covered uh, the University of Miami majority their football program but they also did some basketball and some baseball so that wasn't really my that was really my first experience with you know actual journalism and writing and reporting and, and kind of being in the sports media field uh, I'm just curious what kind of things that they had you do in, in a recruiting office like that so when I was with FIU in their recruiting office uh, I mean we would get it we, we would do everything from um, all the all the tapes that were being sent in, obviously now more so in football, uh, you know, student athletes use huddle, so everything's kind of just interactive. But uh, you know, back back a few years back, uh, you know, the DVDs were still used a lot, so those were those were being sent in, um, and then I, we would kind of just take if if they were an unknown prospect, we would kind of just take a look at it, and then they, you know, we had they had the coaching staff had. Uh, a grading system where we would kind of just label label things and, and set, set things apart. Um, we would do everything from hosts like like official visits, whenever we would have camps. Um, I kind of just basically assisted with anything that it, we we did a lot of a lot with video as well. So we would do like uh, highlights, you know, on signing day we would be on create some um, some content for social media. 
things like that. And when, when you mean you kind of created some content, I mean, what did that entail? Um, anything from, so let's say, you know, Johnny Smith, who went to Miami High School, uh, kind of just create graphics or, or, or cut up some video of their top highlights, like not as flashy and nice and up to date as things are now, right, yeah. kind of, kind of a, a beta stage of where we are now. Um, but, uh, but, but nonetheless, it was, it was fun. Uh, so what, how does that kind of translate to, to what you do? I mean, that in a sense kind of sets you up for, for the graphic design stuff that you kind of do now. I mean, how much did you take away then and how much do you do now? I mean, for, for me personally, if I ever saw the first thing I did with graphic design, I'd want to destroy it. I want it off the internet. But I mean, what, what, was, yeah, so what were some things that, that you took from that job to what you do now? I mean, back, I mean with, back with, with FIU, we really weren't even like the, the graphic in quotation, the graphic department. We were kind of just, you know, whether we're interns or volunteers or it was just a group of us that would kind of just work together to create extra stuff just, just alone for football. Um, I, I've never been the graphics guru. You know, I've, I've always, I've, I still have so much to learn, um, which that's one of the things that I, I definitely have so much to to catch up on and, and, and learn and just be better because that's just so much like I mean I tell you this story all the time with with different SIDs people that aren't even SIDs but we, we could write you know a release that we just feel like we nailed it and we just we covered everything we spent a good 45 minutes to an hour and the engagement on social media or on our website is zilch and then we'll create we'll get a gif or, you know, a quick little video or image, and the next thing you know, you have 100, 200 retweets. And it's like, dude, are you, are you serious? <laughs> yeah, uh, before we get into more of that kind of stuff, I know that you, you worked with the Marlins a little bit. Can you just briefly touch on that? Yeah, so, uh, so there was kind of like a period in between, you know, during my coaching that I just... I was starting to think to myself, I was like, man, is this coaching thing really something that I want to do long time? Um, so, so I started with, um, with the ballpark operations, uh, part-time staff at, at, uh, Marlins Park with the Miami Marlins. And, you know, our, basically our day-to-day responsibilities were just making sure that whether it was a concert, a baseball game, uh, dinner on the diamond, um, you know, whatever the, the event was, for you know taking place in, in the stadium that we just had all the signage all the uh you know um any, anything basically that needed to be prepped or taken care of you know breaking down setting up all that uh not one of the most luxurious jobs not one of the most glamorous jobs um but i mean i've, I've had this conversation with my mom so many times that like I told her, I was like, oh, maybe I want to go work at a bank, you know, because you always want to start thinking about financial and, and making money and, and, and making a living. But she, she, every time I had that conversation with her, it was just like, dude, you're, you're going to be miserable. Like right. anything outside of sports for you, you're, you're going to be miserable. And, and that's just that's that's just the reality of the situation to me. Like as long as I'm surrounded in sports and in the sports arena, I will never consider that a job. I'll never title that a job, ever. That's very, very true for some people, including myself, that, man, I would rather be hit by a truck than 
do anything outside of sport. I mean, because it's just boring. The whole the world, the outside world's boring. Now that's what I was saying. But um, so let's let's talk about once you graduate and you were kind of you you made the decision. Let's get into some sports information stuff. How about some some job seeking things? I mean, were you were you just looking for a job in Miami area? Where were you? I mean, how did the whole process? What was that whole thing like for you? Well, so so one thing that's always I don't want to say weighed me down, but but one thing that makes it a little bit more difficult for me to to step away from South Florida is just you know the the opportunity that I have with the Miami Heat, um, you know, and all the experiences and and the people that I've met and and the networking that I've been able to do off of having that job opportunity with the Miami Heat. Um, so you know, so going back again to the goat, going back again to the goat, Mr. Cox. Um, he knew the current athletic director he had at ASA, uh, Mr. Kenny Wilcox, um, back from when Mr. Wilcox was up in New York uh, at another at another junior college called Globe, um, and they just they just knew each other. So when ASA decided to branch down here to South Florida, uh, Mr., you know, Mr. Cox came up to me and said, "Hey, they're looking for for a sports information director. Would you be interested?" And I said, "Well, you know, I have have a little bit of experience. I." I've, I've always been that guy, like, <laughs> this is really silly, but even, like, going back to, like, NCAA, like, on football, where, you know, I don't want to be with, like, the five-star program. Yeah. Like, the you know, with the, with all the, with, you know, with all the, the glamour, I, I, I want to kind of, like, build something from the ground up. And, boy, I, I, I couldn't, there's no better way from, there's no better words for me to find than, than, than that's exactly what, what we did here at, at ASA. I, uh. You know, I didn't replace anyone. I was the first infor- uh, sports information director hired here at ASA Miami. Um, and there was, so there was no one really to tell me, hey, this is how you do this. You know, you should try this out. It was pretty much just every day, just grinding away, trying to figure out ways of to make this place better the next day than it was the day before. Um, I got to give so many shout outs to my people at Presto. They, they just, they, every day, they, they, I used to joke around with them all the time. I used to be like, man, they had a, they probably had like a picture of me in their offices, like most wanted. Cause every day I was just trying, I had, you know, a new question, trying to find out how to do this, trying to find out how to make this change. Um, so yeah, it was great with those guys, with their help. Uh, can, real quick, can you kind of detail what ASA College is? And I mean, like that there are several branches that like you just mentioned, you're the newest branch. I mean, what is the university side like? So ASA College uh, was founded in New York in 1985 by our president, uh, Mr. Alex Chagall. Uh, they did not start athletics until 2008, which began. Excuse me, <coughs> which began in 2008, um, and they have they currently have two campuses in New York, one in Manhattan, and one in Brooklyn. Uh, it's all under the same athletic umbrella. I, I'm not 100% sure, uh, but I believe, yeah, I believe that athletics are run out of the Brooklyn campus. So uh, so, so, so they started athletics in 2008, and then they proceeded to open up um, not only their campus, but their athletic department down here in South Florida in, in 2014. And... Um, and yeah, so now it's 2018. They have four campuses: one in 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 Dania Beach, one in Hialeah, which is where athletics is run out of down here in South Florida, and then those two campuses up in in uh, New York State. 
Uh, let's talk a little bit of some Silver Storm athletics for a second. Uh, the your football program, the only JUCO program in the state of Florida. I mean, one, how is media relations like, and two, what's what's it like on a scheduling basis? I'm just curious. Well, um, I mean, the the interest is is colossal, is huge, just because you know football is king down here in South Florida. You know, in our tri county area with Dade County, Broward County, and Palm Beach. You know, kids kids are are in love with with the sport, and and they're just looking for an opportunity not only to continue playing the sport that they that they love, but to be able to do it close to home. So, you know, I, I the joke the joke for us going back even to when I was in high school was always you know Miami Dade College where I attended, which is a community college. We always used to joke around, and if Miami Dade College had a had a had a football team, they would be so good. They would have all this all this talent, and it only took till 2014 for someone to finally be able to to get that done. Um, so, with us being the only you know the only two year uh, junior college uh, football program in the state of Florida, you know the the interest we you know we have our recruit questionnaires on our website, which obviously I I handle being the webmaster at asasilverstorm.com. Um, and it's just sometimes it's it sometimes it's a, it's a handful, you know, to, to make sure that that information gets over to our coaching staff, to you know, to our admissions representatives, um, and then from your your the other your other part of your question was where uh, scheduling, yeah. Um, so so yeah, so scheduling with us being at the junior college level, we don't have the the largest budget in the United States, um, so it it. Definitely, there are several obstacles that that we need to overcome. You know, this past season, our our schedule was just. I mean, it, I don't want to say it was it was ruined, but it was uh, it was made very difficult with Hurricane Irma, which just completely threw you know a complete wrench into everything. Uh, where we had a ten game schedule set, um, we were supposed to travel uh, and play a game at, at Coastal Carolina. Uh, and, and that ended up not happening. So we, you know, uh, based on the NJCAA bylaws, you, you, in order for you to be bowl eligible and in order for you to be, um, you know, uh, be eligible to be ranked in, in, the, in, the, in, the, in the rankings, you have to have uh, 50% of your schedule against junior college opponents. So, you know, this past season we originally scheduled five with the hurricane, you know, and, and all that things going on, we only ended up playing three. Uh, and then when we don't play junior college opponents, we play usually four-year schools, university programs. Like, we'll usually play Ave Maria University, which is in Central Florida. We'll play their JV program. Um, when we're not playing those four-year school JV programs. We'll play some prep schools here and there. But, you know, at the end of the day, um, you know, coaches, four-year coaches are going to recruit our kids when they're competing against those other junior college opponents and at the end of the day that's that's what we want to continue to play and and find out how good we are and 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 to just continue to put us on the map as a as a football program and as a athletic department uh real quick before we move on to anything else uh hurricane irma what was that like for you the campus the athletic program uh can you spare no detail there well yeah um it was it, it, it was uh you know down here i don't want to say we're used to 
to that kind of weather yeah. and used to that kind of stuff. Um, but because uh, it had actually been a while since we had one that looked to be as bad as this one was. Thank God it, it, it ended up, you know, not being as bad as projected. Um, but uh, yeah, from like an athletic standpoint, it's just uh, we were we were out for. I want to say a good week or two, or two. Yeah, closer to two weeks. Um, we had minimal damage to our campus, um, but we definitely had damp. Like one of our other games against one of those prep schools had to be canceled because our football field was not ready for play. Um, same with our with our soccer. Soccer had a, a game or two that had to be postponed due to, due to the. Um, the uh, the post the go the you know the, the goal post uh, something happening with them um, our our dormitories had had damage so you know we had to I think it was maybe for like a, a night or two we had some kids that just decided not to go home and you know we ended up taking them out of the dorms so it it was it was, it was pretty crazy it was it was pretty crazy especially from being at it like this is the first hurricane that I kind of have to deal with it from from an employee, an employee standpoint, yeah. not only from a personal standpoint where you're actually, you know, you, you, there, there are children and students involved where you kind of have to think about other people rather than just yourself and your family. Right. Yeah. That, pretty crazy, insane stuff. So, um, but, you know, let's, let's get back to some of your experience and everything. So, uh, like you kind of, we might talk about, I think we talked off air that your horror story might be kind of tailored to this, but when, when learning those new skills as far as media relations goes with some new sports and everything, because I know you, you work with the Heat, you've worked with uh, the Marlins. I mean, what did you have to learn when you first came to your position? Um, well, I I want to say that I, I kind of just, I learned, that you, like there's no there's no better way to learn things than to than trial and error. You know, someone, someone can tell you, um, you know, hey, look out for this, or you want to do that, or, you know, there's a hundred ways, a hundred million ways to skin a cat, but you don't really learn how to, how to learn your way to skin a cat until you try it first. So, um, you know, for, for here, at, you know, here at, at ASA, where, where, again, you know, our budget is not as large, and, and we kind of have to be good at several different things, and, and be able to, to be on the fly, and, and, just you know think, make things happen on the go um it's it's kind of just 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 trying to to learn as many things as you can trying to to not panic that's that's the number one thing not panic um i know i'm probably gonna steal some of your thunder here because i know you were gonna ask a, a question here on um on what advice to give you know to to other sids but if there's just one thing that that uh, one thing that I could just recommend or one thing one piece of advice that I can is just to kind of stay calm no matter whether it's you know it's if it's your first time uh doing doing something whether it's uh you know on stack crew or whatever it is or you know dealing with a high profile coach um xyz just the people around you are going to stay as calm or are going to panic depending on what you're attitude and what your your uh you know your mood is so that's one thing that even if like the walls are caving in i always just try to keep that hidden on the inside 
And this goes back to like, you know, like I took like my speech class when I was in, in college <laughs> and, and people always just say, man, you don't get nervous when you speak in front of people. Like, oh, I'm nervous. <laughs> I was like, and I was like, well, yeah, yeah you damn right. I do. But you know, I guess I just did a good job of hiding it or not letting people see it or notice. Yeah. Awesome. Um, you've credited the Miami heat with a lot of kind of your networking, maybe even how you got here at ASA. So what, what exactly is a game night? For you, I know what you mentioned off air that you go to every single home game except if it interferes with ASA, which is understandable. So, uh, what is it like for you? I mean, what, what's your kind of timeline, your schedule like with the Heat? Man, it is it is so it is great working working with uh, with the Heat over there. Uh, you know, the head of PR over there, uh, Mr. Rob Wilson. He's he is just stone cold, man. He is he is so he is like a vault. He is a vault, and he just he just does things the right way, and it makes perfect sense why that organization is just is just first class. Um, but I mean, just on a regular basis, uh, this the last two years I've started, uh, work, you know, I've started working my way over to the um, to the scorers table. This this past season was actually my first time calling an NBA game, which that was. <laughs> That that was something I never thought that I that I would do, and then when I found myself in the middle of it, it was just like, wow, I can't believe I'm calling an NBA a professional basketball game. Um, but you know, other than other than that, um, you know, we we usually always get to the arena. Let's say you know it's a tip off, a seven thirty tip off. I'll get to the arena around six o'clock, five forty five, to where the, uh, the the pregame press conferences begin for both coach for both head coaches. Uh, so usually, you know, I'll have one of those two record, you know, record them and then go back into our, our, uh, little, our little cave back there <laughs> yeah. where we tran where we transcribe them, uh, um, get them checked by, by one of the heat, uh, PR guys. And then, um, and then start making those copies and, and get them distributed out to the, to the media that's working the game. Um, and then, so after that, we usually have like a uh, like a little pre uh, a little dinner. Well, no, then starters will come out, uh, rosters will come out. We make sure we distribute that over to the scorers table. You know, uh, Heat TV, visiting TV, radio for both teams, and then and then so we'll have we'll have dinner. The Heat the Heat uh, give us dinner before the game. Game starts, and then you know it's just a matter of where what my responsibilities are that day. Uh, sometimes I'll be you know, just, just running stats. So I'll make sure that box scores are distributed to both benches. Same thing, heat TV, visiting TV. Uh, some other days if I'm on the scores table and I'm writing, you know, obviously I'll be doing that. Other days I'll be, you know, sometimes a, a visiting team will come in and they'll request a stat guy for, for uh, radio or for TV. So we'll get assigned to them. And then just, you know, during their broadcast, we'll just, you know, kind of keep track of all runs. Yeah. Uh, you know th things of that sort so really it, it just i mean we know before before we get to the arena you know again the goat mr cox he he sends us emails with all of our responsibilities ahead of time um so it, it just it varies a little bit but nonetheless every every night and regardless of what my responsibility is for that night it's it's not a job i don't see it that way perfect and that's always the kind of way that you want it huh? so 
Um, now that we talked about the heat a little bit, and you kind of mentioned that you, you did some stuff, maybe you worked just a little bit with the, the production side as far as radio, maybe TV for the stats and everything. So uh, what, what have you seen with that, maybe some other colleges that you kind of take back? I know that you guys are a blue frame partner. So what, what are some things that you take and try to implement with your broadcasts? Um, well, yeah, in January, we we started our, our partnership with Blue Frame. Uh, another plug here to Josh Braun. Uh, he's, he's just been he's been great. Um, and it's just funny because we were doing we were doing a broadcast, uh, a stream the other day for for baseball. And, we, you know, we were uh, we were at St. Thomas University, which is an NAIA school down in Miami Gardens here. And their sports information director, who also works for the Heat had walked into the press box and he was kind of like looking at the stream and he was like, damn Ray, who, you know, who, who, who's this? And I was telling him I was blue frame and he was, they have their own. I'm not sure. I'm not sure who they use. I, I don't want to speculate. I'm not sure who they use, but um, he was like, man, that's so cool or whatever. He was like really impressed by it. I was like, yeah, man, it's, it's crazy. Not like for the quality of how things, of how good things look, is is just it's it's very juco friendly. Like there's no other way for me to put it because, uh, you know, all I really need is just a, you know a cameraman, which I usually try to get one of my interns, a student worker, uh, or a manager from from the team to to man that, and I basically just deal with with production. Um, but as far as you know with the heat and then just kind of learning other things with, with their broadcast and the way that they do things. One thing that kind of, that, that kind of like stuck with me. Um, and this was when I was, when I, when I worked some games with FIU is that, you know, obviously we have a super ultra mega competitive market in South Florida when it comes to sports, because, you know, obviously we have a professional baseball team, we're a professional football team, professional basketball team, professional hockey team, and then obviously University of Miami, FIU, um, you know, FAU, and then all that here. So, you know, when you're talking about even like FIU or St. Thomas or ASA College, you know, it's it's very difficult for us to get stuff, whether it be printed or, you know, or getting media to come out to our games. So one thing that I kind of learned through FIU and stuff like that, like, <laughs> regardless of whether they have media to come out or their, to their games or not, they're, they're still doing post-game interviews with their coaches, you know? So that was something that, that kind of stuck with me. Like I can still create content. I could still have stuff on my website, on my social media platforms, regardless of whether we have media come out. Cause maybe the media didn't come out to the actual game, but it might come across, you know, it might come up on their timeline or, you know, th- different things like that. So I was kind of like a little, thing that kind of opened my eyes a little bit that and especially at, at junior college going back to advice on SIDs and stuff like that like you, you can't harp on the negative because if you continue to harp on the negative and you continue to you know think about how oh man like you know cards are against me like there's you know what what can I do at the end of the day I always tell everyone I always tell everyone this, the same thing like Nick Saban is complaining about something at the University of Alabama and he's and he's got the best college football program in the country. So, like, no matter where we are, no matter what level, no matter what resources we have, someone's always going to nitpick. Someone's always going to say about how, oh, man, I wish I had this. But why spend that time doing that? And why not just convert 
you know, that energy over to positive energy and then just try to make things better where you are and make things easier for those around you. I mean, that, that's really the way, the way that I try to look at it. Perfect. You, you encompass a lot of things there. Just real quick, uh, Nick Saban, he'll even uh, complain about ripped jeans. I don't know if you've seen that press conference yet, but, uh, yeah, that man will find something. But uh, I'm glad you kind of mentioned what, what you said about ASA being kind of, and I wanted to touch on this a little bit, and you, you already did a little bit, but maybe, <clears throat> like you mentioned, South Florida market, it, it's crowded. And you mentioned the professional teams, you mentioned the big time, and then you even mentioned the mid-major stuff, and there's even some D2, D3 programs around in that, that place. And you already said how to kind of get a little bit recognized with that sort of thing. So, But what, what about... Your, your advice to another SID that may be just in the smack dab in the middle of Los Angeles or maybe in the middle of Chicago. I mean, what, what are some things that they could do to try to get their program seen? Uh, I mean, I, like kind of, kind of just piggybacking off of, you know, some of the things that I just touched on now, but don't, don't let, don't, don't give this, this was told to me by, by uh, the editor for our newspaper here in South and the Miami Herald. Um, and he flat out told me, look, like, I may not be able to get to a large percentage of the stuff that you send me, but don't ever stop sending it. Because there just might be this one day where the, the news cycle is slow and, you know, and we're desperately looking for stuff. And if you submitted your story, guess what? We're we're, we're probably going to use it because we can't we can't we can't, we have to print something. Yeah. You know we have to we have to put something on the paper. So that's definitely one huge piece of advice that was given to me directly from the editor of the Herald, where he just told me, no matter what, man, just consistent, stay in there, send it, don't give up. Uh, I'd like to try this as part of the interview where I like to ask some fun questions. First one I have for you is a uh, favorite memory in your professional tenure. Man, uh, uh, that's easy. That's easy. Um, definitely back-to-back uh, world championships with the Miami Heat back in, in 2012 and 2013. I know we're doing an audio uh, podcast here, but if this were a, a vlog... I would give you a, a, a tour of my office here where I got my my three Larry O'Briens. I got, you know, I got my Miami Herald uh, cover. Uh, yeah, I see one, it, yeah. One LeBron, yeah, back there. Um, yeah, man, that, that was just – and then that was only like my – that was only my first and my second year with them. So I, I was – it was beyond spoiled. Um, I mean, I remember, I remember like if it was yesterday uh, – you know, trying to rush back to the locker room to go record uh, the interview for uh, for oh my god, I can't remember his name now, but uh, the Oklahoma City uh, head coach who's now Scott Brooks, who's now the head coach for the Wizards, and uh, I was barricaded by there because it was LeBron with a cigar in his hand. And then, like, you know, obviously other people there. And I was like, you know what? I might get fired because I might not make it to the interview on time. But I'm not going to tell this guy to move. <laughs> I don't know. So, you know, that's just one That's just one small, um, you know, small story of, of those days. I mean, another one is the parade. They, they, they just do such a good job, man. Um, they, 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 you know, they let us get on the parade floats throughout the whole parade down Biscayne Boulevard. They just really just make us feel like uh, like we're an integral part of, of the organization. Like we, you know, we matter. So 
Cool. And maybe someday some some little kid will be looking up and they'll see some somewhat scores table staff in the parade thinking I want to do that one day. That'd be yeah. nice. <laughs> um, what about on the other side of the coin? What's your biggest horror story? Well, that that one, I, I, I had, I've, I've had a few. I've had a few. You get your occasional few and you can, in, uh, excuse me, in junior college athletics. Um, but this one actually wasn't even in junior college. Um, it was my first my first time uh, using stat crew in basketball, and I and, and I was doing it for the University of Miami. Um, it was my first time, so you know I want to say first half, yeah, first half I get through it just fine, and I'm feeling I'm feeling good, you know I got through it. I'm like wow, I finally mastered this, you know I'm good to go. I want to say around the 11 minute mark in the second half, my computer freezes. My computer freezes. I tell you know I had a uh, I had a caller and I had a writer, and and I tell both I'm like, I tell the writer I'm like, you you better write every you better write every down everything that this guy's saying, because this this computer just froze on me, and uh, you know the SID you know Miami's SID came over and I and I told him what happened. He's like, oh yeah, that happens to us every once in a while. I'm like, oh, okay, cool, thanks. <laughs> you know, like, yeah, thanks, thanks for the heads up. Um, but, uh, but yeah, man, uh, that that was a very horrifying uh, time. Luckily, I, you know, we were able through teamwork to figure it out and and get back on track. But it was it was nerve wracking. Yeah, I bet we we kind of had that happen. We were trying out the new uh, sync system. And I was calling for our backup stats because that usually that sometimes happens. We know, so we have two computers doing stats, and, and one of ours froze. And and my friend, he's, he's doing it. He just throws his hands up. He's like, I don't want to work with this anymore, like <laughs> for the freezing. But um, what's uh, what's one piece of advice you give to a student going in this profession? Uh, and I know you already you already mentioned a ton of it earlier. I mean, do you really have anything else to say? No. Yeah. I mean, I. I, it's it's difficult because it's a, it's a little more time consuming. But I, I always try to tell them how you know things like learning stack crew and and learning these things like you can make a little bit of a ch- of chump change. You know you're, you're not gonna you're not gonna make a living off of it. But you know just off of the things that that we do here, if you pay attention, you learn, you ask questions, and you show interest, you like you could graduate here and you could you can make money because at the end of the day. The, the downside of, of having a, a heavy market with all this, with all the schools and all that stuff here is obviously the media coverage but the but the pro of it is that the, all of those schools need someone to input stats yeah. need someone to call stats and they're all gonna pay you for it so you know I tell all of our students uh, I tell them you know if, if you guys dedicated some time you know while you were you know, while you're pursuing your degree and, and you're playing whatever sport you're playing, you know, in, in the offseason, if you learn it, which you touched up on here and you did some of the stuff here with me and you continue to do it, you'll be able to make uh, you know, some, some loose change. Um, what makes a good SID? That, I mean, pig, piggybacking to, to earlier, just staying, staying calm. Well, you know what? Definitely. What makes a good SID is having people skills, having the ability to deal with other human beings. Because, yeah, we deal with that crew. Yeah, we're in front of a computer and we type and we do all that stuff. But at the end of the day, in order to get media coverage, 
you got to deal with people. At the end of the day, in order to, you know, to make your job easier and make someone else's job easier, you got to deal with other SIDs from other schools. You got to deal with people. So, you know, as, as much as this job can be about four walls and a computer screen in front of you, because we do spend a lot of time doing that, just as much and more so, and like focus needs to be put on being able to communicate with others, you know, socialize with others, uh, being being able to, you know, to be trusted on, to create relationships, to, you know, to think outside the box um, and create those friendships that, you know, whenever you need favors or whenever you need advice or whenever you don't know how to do something, you can you can rely on other people in, in your field. Um, I just lost. Oh, one thing you're interested in to learn more about in this profession. Definitely Photoshop. Definitely Photoshop. Definitely, um, you know, graphics, GIFs. Uh, just, I mean, uh, we probably won't be able to to uh, to get box out here at ASA just because it's not within our budget. But I've heard so many great things on box out to where you know they create all these easy templates. Um, and stuff like that, but uh, that's, that's just you know everybody knows it. Everybody in our in our uh, in our field knows it that that that's just where we are, and that's where we're going to continue to to head when it comes to transmitting information. You know, uh, the, the days of of five paragraph releases are long gone. Those are prehistoric dinosaurs. You know, no one is going to spend that much time on your site reading. Your, your release. Um, it's all about how I can get the most information with one click as fast as possible um, with flashing lights. So, um, you know, it, it would be, I think it, it, it would be dumb for, for any of us not to continue to want to get better and learn new ways and, and kind of just continue to develop those skills that we, that we have, whether we they're good or not uh, going forward in our field. Uh, work-life balance. What do you do to have fun? Uh, well, I always try. Luckily for us here, you know, we 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 finish. Tennis is usually, and our tennis program is is uh, is pretty darn good here at ASA Miami. Um, so we make a deep a deep run into the national, excuse me, into the national tournament. So after that, I always like to to you know put my put my my flip floppies on. And, and go somewhere tropical, uh, you know, with uh, with my with my girlfriend now now fiance, um, and you know whether it's you know it's for that vacation there in the summer, um, you know we talked a little bit off air that we both like to do a little bit of crossfitting, so throughout the week when I don't have a uh, you know a doubleheader a baseball doubleheader on a Tuesday or you know. Uh, sophomore night on saturday you know i do like to i do like to throw some weight around uh, occasionally uh so you know just just a little bit of that but you know like I, like i've said multiple times before um that, that that stuff is important but um it's 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 not like it's i'm dying to get you know to get away from the office or dying to get away from what i do here because at the end of the day i, I wake up every morning and and I just, I love coming to work. I love, I love to do what I do. Uh, restaurant or bar recommendation? Because, you know, everybody's got to go to Miami at some point, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, I, I'll keep it, I guess, in the, in the, the context of, of what we're doing here, where, which this is in sports. You, 
got to try the absolute best wings in town. There's a place here called Sports Grill. Okay. Sports Grill. You go to Sports Grill, and they have probably like at least six different locations between Dade and Broward. Um, so it should not it's, it should not be that difficult to find one. And you got to try their uh, special grilled wings. They have them both uh, like bone-in and boneless, and they're just, I mean, dude, after, like we said, after a doubleheader, after, uh, you know, a, a, a three-hour baseball game, dude, you, you got to go sports grill. It's a, it's a must, must-have. Perfect. I'm always a wings guy, so next time I'm in Miami, I don't know how many you, times. Yeah, I'll, you will remember. You will remember. Be like, damn, Ray, <laughs> Ray hit it on the head. That's right. Awesome. Um, uh, if anybody wanted to get in touch with you, maybe follow up questions would be the best way to do it. Well, uh, I guess Twitter would be the easiest way. My uh, my Twitter handle is my my first name. Today's date, which is my birthday, 22nd, Perez. So my first name is Rainier, R-A-I-N-I-E-R. Rain, like it's raining, I-E-R, the number 22, and then Perez, P-E-R-E-Z. Awesome, cool. So, and you just kind of mentioned it, man. Happy birthday. I know this is coming out here in a few weeks, but I just wanted to wish you a happy birthday. I'm glad I finally got to spend it with you. Yeah, man. There's no way I would have rather spent my 30th birthday <laughs> with my boy Dave. That's right. Yep, recording a show. So, uh, sending, sending, sending some, some, some sun, and and some 70 degree temperature up your way. Let's see if it worked. Nope, not yet. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, anyway, uh, thank you all very much for coming on. For sure. Thank you, Dave. Well, guys, there you have it. I want to thank you all for listening to this week's episode. Next week, we will have Dusty Sloan from Ashland University uh, here on the pod. It was another episode that I think you guys will enjoy. We'll go through uh, how many times. If you, well, actually, let me let me rephrase this real quick. <clears throat> Excuse me. You uh, Ashland's women's basketball team has won like 60-something in a row, 70-something in a row. I, I can't remember. And we'll talk with Dusty on just how many times you can write, we win on that episode so be sure to tune in next week and uh you can follow us anytime on social media at sports infocast on twitter and facebook and you can email me anytime at sportsinfocast at gmail.com guys i want to thank you all for listening we hope to catch you all in the next episode